Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Saturday, February 18th, 2023. Want to mention that. That's important. This is Celtics Beat on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 500. You heard us right. We've been talking about it forever. We're here. Episode 500 featuring CLNS founder Nick Gelso is powered by HelloFresh and BetOnline.ag. Go to HelloFresh.com. Use the promo code BEAT65 for 65 percent off and go to betonline.ag today use the promo code clns50 for a 50 percent sign up bonus what's up everyone welcome in number 500 we have been talking about this for weeks upon weeks we are here Episode 500, Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti, we've been along for quite a bit of this journey, but not nearly as long as the man that we are joined by who has been here literally forever, Nick Gelso, founder. I So I, I want to get into a lot of different things with you, Nick, one of which is singular founder, co-founder. You are, I mean, like we often refer to you as as the 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 brains, the brawn behind all that is CLNS and this show Celtics beat as, as really the, the flagship program of, of the, the entire network is your baby. But did CLNS come from you and you alone? Uh, it was actually at one time, there was another owner named Brandon Paul and he was, uh, um, he was a co-founder. So he's, he's the guy that he had a, a, a blog called Hardwood Houdini. It still exists out there. Yeah. Right. And we had uh North station sports at that time. And he pushed me to podcast. He was like, you got to hear this thing. Podcasting Justin Poulin's doing. It's amazing. This is going back 2006, seven. And, uh, so together we formed CLNS. Matter of fact, Justin Poulin from Celtic stuff live he was the guy who named it. I was like, I hate that name, dude. I don't know. Everybody's going to be like, what does it mean? And they do. And he's like, but what does ESPN mean? And it, it is kind of true. What does ESPN mean? I mean, Adam, you'll know. Well, it's an entertainment sports programming network. Is that what it is? I don't even know. But that sounds about right. Evan, is that right? <laughs> I mean, I think so. I don't remember. Like, I, I, it, my memory's a little foggy on I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure I could Google, like, what is ESPN? But, I want to apologize to Dennis Denninger right now for not knowing that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just want to apologize for that because he probably told me that a long time ago, but I don't remember it at all. So, like, and, and, entertainment and sports programming network. Yeah, I just look at that. Usually, but, that's a good stump for for people because they don't know it. But Brandon and I, uh, we started a, a show called the Celtics Late Night Show, which is, I think, all the shows have kind of offsprung from that the original show. So Celtics be 
Garden Report. You know, mm-hmm. it was from that as home base. And he was with us until about 2012. Um, so I'm the only surviving or remaining, you know, <laughs> let's put it that way. But ultimately, I'm a co-founder. How yeah, many right. how many shows are I mean go, what the hell let's get off the rails right away how many shows are part of CLNS at this point I, I know there are like three dozen Celtics podcasts oh, I know. but it's beyond a- that my philosophy on the Celtics podcast Adam I know you know this has always been like they're going to launch them anyway so if they're good why not bring them on and all of us work together to cross promote each other so we have like all the Celtics podcasts were like locked on, I think, and like one or two others. Um, but there's on network on the sports side, there's about 60, maybe more at this point. And uh, overall sports and non-sports, 120, 130 shows. I mean, it's just mm. it's crazy. Five, six YouTube channels that are pretty active. And, uh, but this network is nothing what it was when we started. I mean, Evan was there for, for a lot of it early on, maybe not in the very beginning, but it was, it was, it was pretty ragtag, uh, 1980 MV, MTV until John Zanis came aboard and kind of legitimized what we were doing and, and kudos to him. So maybe we could call him a co-founder, even though he's not, he's the co-founder. We have the new NBA, the new CLNS, Zanis has, has had a major major impact on that the new era of all that is clns so i looked up some uh some some numbers i wanted to come into this with some level of research and if you haven't noticed this will not be uh kind of our usual show where we're entirely breaking down like oh let's talk about the you know proverbial first half of the celtic season because as we know they are technically more than halfway through the year but it is the all-star break as we sit here tonight it's all-star saturday night and we'll talk a little bit about that later and you know, what we're expecting for the second half of the year and the hospital Celtics of late and all of that good stuff. But we're, we're sort of for episode 500 celebrating CLNS right now. And I, I will, uh, I, I don't want to, uh, one, I'm not slighting Nick because he is aware of all this and he was part of all this. But second to that, I, I don't want to, I said that I was going to tell you our grand plan for episode 500, even if it didn't come through. And now I'm making myself a liar because there are a couple of things that we did want to do for this show in addition with talking to Nick that uh, last minute for a couple of different reasons didn't pan out. But they are going to pan out. They just weren't going to pan out for today. So I'm not going to tell you we are going to save that. But what Nick got me. He's humanly possible right there, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be better than what it was going to be. So I think that's good. Yeah. And and Nick got me excited talking, you know, offline uh, because – I didn't know this, not being a a historian of the network. This is uh, not only, obviously, episode 500 of of Celtics Beat. This is the 10-year anniversary of this show and, obviously, this network. And so we are really thinking big for uh, later on in the season and and some sort of a big celebration, which which I am excited about. Yeah, I mean, the the original – so the network launched in really in 2008. We were incorporated in 2009. Celtics beat though was the first show to make an impact, you know, and, and, and really start to get a lot of audience, right. Where at one point when there was no other Celtic shows besides us and like CSL, um, this show just was massively popular, but as it, as it, the years have gone by and, and the audience has settled in, it's become more of a, um, a community almost right because there's mm-hmm. a lot of engagement back and forth we get mailbag entries you guys are getting tweets all the time the fans are engaged so 
yes, there's an abundance of Celtics podcasts today, which makes for a little more competition. But this show, like I said, in the Garden Report, Patriots Beat, they all kind of launched at the same time around. Garden Report launched in 2012, this show in 2013, Patriots Beat 2013. And I think you guys took over for Larry in 2016, 17? So I'll get get to that in a second. All right. Can you, can you, uh, I'm not quizzing you because I don't have the answer. I'm, I'm, I'm just asking you, can you name all of the different people to host this show? Yes. So when it first launched, it was called Celtics Beat because it was going to be around the beat, right? So it was going to be beat writers in network and out. So I used to host, Jared Weiss used to host, a guy named a gentleman named Tyree, who a lot of people know from online, you know, he's most Ty, passionate. Ty. I mean, this guy is crazy. Shout out Ty. Ty's a good guy. He was in that mix. Rich Conti was another guy. He's another Twitter, Twitter hound. He's still around. Um, and then Jared Weiss. And then so Larry, Larry Russell, Larry H. Russell, for the longtime listeners will remember he was the first longtime host and he took over for us because we couldn't do it right. Larry was very, very, very particular, <laughs> and it worked because his his system and his consistency is Evan Adam. You even know this, Evan. You know because you filled in for him a lot. He had a script, like right. It was consistent, same time, same day, every like so rigid. But in the early years, that really helped. So Larry kind of gave us the boot in twenty, maybe twenty episodes in, and I was like, this guy is not going to be able to host. He's so rigid and miserable and just cranky. And man, it turned out to be perfect. He was a fire thrower, a flamethrower. And it, and everybody hated him, which was kind of perfect. So <laughs> when it was time to pass the b- baton, I was totally, it was right around Celtics at seven, dissolving Adam. And I was dead set on you. And Larry was like, but it's a major, because de- his real name's not Larry. We all know that. Well, we know that. So yeah. his real name was like, that's a big departure from what I was. And that's like, that's what I want. And it's worked out. I mean, here we are five years. How many years, how many years later? Adam? So I, so I, I was looking this up. Uh, I, I, I might be stealing a little Evan's thunder. Cause I know he wanted to break this to me on the show, but I just, I, I, I wasn't totally sure we were all going to be together for this one. So I decided to do a little research. And uh, so this right here, it, I came so on. Mad you I, did this. I'm so mad. I know. I'm sorry. My so let, him, let Evan tell you. Tell no, him. Yeah, Evan, he already knows. <laughs> yeah. So, so my so so my first episode, and it was with Chris Mannix, who's been on the show like what two or three times over the last X number of shows that I've done. My first show was number two fifty. So I have been around, and I haven't done every single show since, but I've obviously done most of them. So I I've been around for essentially half of this show's life. But what's even crazier, and I don't know if Evan realizes this this today february 18th is the five-year anniversary of that first show yeah yeah yeah. and that uh and that and that was not done on purpose i realized that about 15 minutes ago when i looked up the tweet from when the first show was february 18th 2018 yeah i was was gonna blow your mind with this on air coffin i was so excited about this i was like i'm sorry because i tweet i teased you like two weeks ago three weeks ago we started looking at this i looked into the numbers and it was so dead on i was like well i can't tell you like i can't tell you exact because we were like how long have we both been on this show 
And right. at the time, I was like uh, looking it up, and I found the first episode. And then I didn't really relay any information. And then I also, all of a sudden, I started compiling all these stats, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't tell." I have to blow his mind like live on the show, but Coffin, you stole my thunder. I'm sorry. Well, the only re- the only reason it's partially your fault. The only reason I did it is because you mentioned earlier that you might not be around for the show today. Yeah, it is. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the numbers. It's crazy, isn't it? Though, not ironic, man. That's good. Did the, did the Patriots win the Super Bowl that year? That the is that the was that the Deflategate year? 18, 2018. I, I'm trying to remember. I, I I remember. Think- I think, I mean, I think that was the Seattle year, wasn't it? I think it was. And I remember being in Boston. I had, I was living in Pennsylvania at the time, but I was up here. I was up here covering Paul Pierce returning to the garden with the Clippers. I think is that coincide with this mm. Super Bowl Sunday? I'm, du- I'm double checking. 2018. I remember that game. Pierce came in at the end of the game and they just did it. Oh, all no, I'm sorry. The Seattle year was like 2014. Yeah. Um, or no, well, so twenty twenty eighteen. So yeah, because twenty yeah, because twenty eighteen was when they came back to beat uh beat yes. Atlanta. So so no, February fourth, because I'm looking this up obviously, February fourth, twenty eighteen. So uh what two weeks exactly before my first Celtics beat was when Malcolm Butler was benched and they lost yes. to the Eagles. Okay, so I was Thank you for putting that back in my brain. I, right. I, I there's a story I, I going. I was up in Boston in a hotel, getting ready for, uh, it was the Super Bowl. So I was getting ready to go to the Paul Pierce game, right? That was the mm. Paul Pierce game. And when he came back with uh, the Clippers. Mm. Right? I'm sure. when, he, when, he, when he hit his when last he hit shot of the garden? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, and I'm on, I'm, I'm getting ready in the hotel before going over to the garden. And I'm DMing with Adam Kaufman, who is somebody that I – from long see in Pennsylvania, like we're going back five years. So it was not quite how it is now. Right. Every channel did not, every radio station did not have an app nor a podcast, mm-hmm. but the hub had the app. So I'm always been an early riser Saturdays at seven. I listened to almost every single week to, to Adam Kaufman react with the fans. And a lot of times B Rob would be on. And it was just, yep. a, I, I loved that show. So I was DMing with you that, which is two weeks earlier. And I remember saying to you your you and Treggs were the the first two like and I consider me and Evan on the same level like you were the first two legit you know Boston sports guys you know to come and work with us mm-hmm. and I remember leaving the hotel and being in the Uber or the cab on the way to the garden and texting with Larry going I just can't believe that Adam Kaufman is going to come and do a show with us and not just a show but your show, the show, you know, the show of the network. So it's a feather in your cap, Adam, because, man, you, you've taken the baton from somebody who who really was an, a, a, an annoying larger-than-life character in Larry, and you've made the show likable, where Larry it was <laughs> likable before, but it was likable to be angry at Larry, right? Now it's likable because you and Evan have such good charisma. And not to slight Evan, Evan has been with the network since 15 or 16, I think you guys had the Celtics round table. I don't even remember how long it was. It's, been yeah, it's like you were, we were all born at the same time online. Right. So in this marriage, because Evan kind of felt it uh, filled in for Larry and now you two being together, it just kind of all works out. And, but I remember that like it was yesterday going over to the garden. And I was just as excited about seeing Paul Pierce's last game as I was about 
hooking up with Adam Coffin and putting sealing the deal for two weeks later for him to start Celtics beat, as we know now all the dates. I, we, I don't remember uh, specifically when, Ev, maybe you do. I certainly couldn't, like, identify an episode or, or anything like that, and I haven't looked it up. But, you know, obviously for the first couple of years, and this is yeah. pre-COVID, the first couple of years that I was hosting the show, Evan was always the producer for it. Sure. So, you know, we would go back and forth. What do we, you know, who do we want to have and what do we want to talk about? And, and you know, I'd, I'd do the show and 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 record it myself it was on the audio at the time and then i'd shoot it off to heaven he'd clean it up and post it and you know on with the rest of our lives but i think it was you know pretty much when covid hit and we had the little stoppage where there were no sports but once everything came back and we sort of you know came back with video re- relaunched the show yeah, yeah, yeah we came back with video because what the hell we're home like you know why like everybody's home why don't why don't we do it with video and that was kind of when you know, Evan became the, I mean, I guess not like in name or title, but the de facto co-host of this show, uh, you know, to, uh, to, I don't really like, we never really talked about it. We just kind of did it and kept doing it and it made sense and it worked and it was fun. And I just think you were like, Hey, why don't you jump on? Uh, maybe it was, I think it was probably because, uh, I mean, I don't know if, uh, I think this is probably true. It was during a time of COVID where nothing was happening. So like being, one-on-one with a guest to talk about no sports yeah. is tough, but we have yeah. three people that can create more of a conversation. So it kind of just like organically happened. Um, you know, again, the, the COVID thing pushed everybody to zoom because, and then zoom had to adapt and grow with the, you know, the time, so to speak, to, to, to allow everybody to do what they needed to do. And so the push to video just became really easy. I'll give Larry credit. Larry was on this video stuff way before zoom way before, yeah. was a thing. He was uh, doing get... stuff though, Evan. Remember, he used to record himself exercising. The fans loved it. Yeah. He'd be like this little skinny twig exercising on Instagram, but he was all into the video. I was like, this fuck, this guy's whack. Yeah. Are, we, are we, are we allowed to reveal his real name? Can we no, break that fourth never, wall? You can't do that. Never. Okay. Now, some people know, like B Rob knows they went to high school together. Oh, really? I'm pretty well, sure. We're going to ask B Rob that. Yeah. I mean, I, I only, honestly, if, if I'm being a, a thousand percent honest, I only think I know his real name. I'm not even certain that I'm correct. So it's Larry H. Russell, Larry Bird. Tom no, Russell. I know that. I know yeah, that. For those, those that don't and Bill Russell, but he has a, a pretty. All right. So I'll give a hint. He has a, 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 a Boston famous or infamous person with the same last name. That was a politician here for like, was the mayor, Mayor White. Okay, then, then it is what I think it is. That is what his name is. Yes, and that's his, that's his uncle, Mayor White. Oh. His father's brother. So that's why we hit the news. But not only that, and I don't want to break it, but I, I can't, I can't release this one, but he had a, he worked full time for us starting in like 14, 2014, 15. Prior to that, he had a, he had another job and it was a job where he could get some information. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay. Let's put it that way so Celtics be got popular because he used to break stories based on that let's just leave it at that like yeah. he used to have inside scoop on things right from he was wacky man he was brilliantly wacky you know I miss him every day what is he doing now uh I I, I, I don't I, so I don't without <laughs> please, please don't tell me he's dead no he's not dead without <laughs> okay, revealing good. too much he has had health issues that have kind of kept him homebound mm. so I've not seen him. God, I've not seen Larry since 2018 or 19. 
But hmm. I will tell you this: one of the last columns he was a great writer. The la- I should I should go back and pull it for you guys. One of the last columns he wrote before COVID, before we even knew what coronavirus was at that time, was pretty predictive to where we are today. And it's wackadoo. Like if you read this, you're gonna be like food shortages. It was so much so that John removed it from the editorial because he's like, this is too conspiracy theory ish. <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. Yeah. But it proved out true. Like a lot of it. I don't think he's Nostradamus or anything. I think he just had great force. Read, read the tea leaves. Yeah. Yeah. He read the tea leaves to what was, and he talked about a pandemic. Maybe he saw the movie Contagion and didn't tell us. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but it worked. You know, and Larry was, you know, instrumental in the early years of this network. I mean, I'm not the type of guy that likes to, you know, I'm, I'm an idea guy. I don't want to say I'm not a finisher. I'm a finisher, but I'm an idea guy. I put ideas together. I'm a people guy. I, I, I put good people together to do it, right? Larry was a finisher. So if I gave the idea, he, he policed it, patrolled it, and put it into action with an infrastructure, really. And, and I don't like to police things. <laughs> I just want people to do what they're supposed to do. Larry was just great at it. And he was so annoying that, the hosts of the shows just listened to keep him away from them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it worked, and he was instrumental at, at that time. And really, then, then you know, Xanis kind of changed everything. The goalposts went way far, you know, and, and, and luckily, God willing. I mean, if you think about it, the month before COVID, we lost our massive YouTube channel that was pretty mm-hmm. viral, that was 12 years old with 12,000 videos on it. I mean, it had videos of the Paul Pierce KG or of like Jared and Jimmy and us covering the team then gone. YouTube deleted it. So right before COVID, we had no no outlet to put our coverage on. And John ramped it, put released live, made that a part of it. Now we have five channels that equal a lot more than that one channel did. So, and everybody here's a part of it because no one likes change, right? Everybody likes to just do what we do. And over the years in this industry, especially because, you know, one thing COVID did, it made everybody kind of on the same playing field. So like NBC and CLNS, they truly compete now in a friendly way because Mm -hmm. yes, they may have more viewers in Boston, but we have more overall viewers everywhere. Right, because we're on online, and when their properties are online, the ones that are, we, we compete with them in a friendly mm-hmm. way. We're obviously really friendly with them, but that's the point. When you're competing with people who have money, networks that have money, and we're a bunch of guys in our early 30s just trying to get our voices out there, it's hard. So you got to stay ahead of the curve, like Larry did with video, you know, and and keep it really setting up um, programs that were consistent at that time because. When you're small, you only have one chance to lure somebody in. If it's not there when they want it to be, being the episode or wherever else, then they're not coming back. Today, it's totally different. Today, I mean, we had a conversation, Adam, You for your, your uh, foresight. I mean, you wanted to do daily back when we brought you on, remember? Mm-hmm. You wanted to be yeah. on a lot. And we, I was adamant, no, we can't change <laughs> it. It's got to be same day, same time. That was the structure. You had good foresight. I wish we did do daily back then. I mean, I was wrong. You were right. But the point of the matter is, you know, the industry has changed so much. COVID changed it even more. Mm. And we, our whole, our whole vision, our whole strategy, go to market strategy has always been, 
be a little bit ahead of the nationals, be a little bit ahead of the NBCs. You know, we started doing video before really anybody did with podcasting. We started podcasting about sports really before anybody was or knew what a podcast was. These aren't bragging points. They're just a testament to really having to be ahead of the market. Now it's OTT, like to, to blow the lid off. I mean, I'm not telling anything anyone doesn't know. OTT is now, streaming is now the way to go. So in 2023, we'll have a streaming platform that everybody can consume these shows on. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, always been a need and a, a, a real push to be ahead of, of the market in, in, in what, and try new things. And for some, sometimes guys, you know, when you try new things, they fail and you have the, you could get the, the reputation of being, Oh, they don't follow through on anything. They're just, just the, the initiative du jour. Right. But you have to, when you're trying something that's not been done or new, you have to at least try. And sometimes you're going to fail. And if you fail, you just alter the plan you know, and go back at it. And I've always had that philosophy. And so now it's, it's streaming OTT. It's a lot of live programming and, and we will, we'll have a, a mobile app in 2023 that'll distribute all the content to the OTT services. So we're really excited about that too. Now I won't give a date on that because I don't want to sound like Adam does with episode 500 today, given, I'll tell you next week. And then it's me. And we're happy to have you. And listen, to your point about like sort of, you know, the network being ahead of the curve in, in certain technological aspects, Evan and I regularly talk about that content wise, you know, and, and sort of, again, reading the tea leaves and talking about stories and, and sort of whether it's debunking certain things or going the other way saying, watch out for X, Y, and Z Celtics beat. And I'm not, this isn't even like, I'm not patting myself on the back. I mean, if, if you're a regular listener of this show, you know it to be true. Celtics beat is regularly ahead of the curve when it comes to you're gonna get me really angry at this time in the morning adam this is gonna make me incensed we are ah we have this running joke uh that something speed is always first on stuff and like it goes back to one of your first shows with dr p and the kyrie irving knee injury Mm -hmm. and how we took so much flack for that and it was like we're just telling you what happened what's going on we're just telling you from a doctor not us from an actual doctor what this knee injury is all about and ever since then I don't know. I, Adam, I feel like we're on the right side of history more often than yeah. we're not, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah, well, yeah. and hell, even when they traded for Kyrie Irving, I, this was yes. one of my last Celtics at seven shows, but even when they traded for Kyrie, I was one of the only people saying, this is going to be a disaster. Yeah, I was all for it. I, I'm not going to lie. I was all for it because I want, I want, I did not want to pay IT in a, a, a sure. contract. And nobody after. did. I mean, nobody rationally did anyway. No, well, you the, the young fans did, but yeah. Well, well, like I said, nobody rationally. rationally. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at Charles Barkley right now. That tweet he sent out last night was so brilliant. Yeah. And I'm looking at the comments underneath, and I could pick the, the the fans' ages by what they're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the ones that are like, "F you, Charles, you're an old head." You know, let, come back in ten years and tell me how you like the product, and <laughs> see if you agreed with Charles. Yeah. Or, right. But the 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 point is, you guys did break things. Like I remember. Now, there's something about podcasting. I remember telling you, Adam and Evan, we've talked about it a lot, where it allows people who are usually pretty guarded, oh. ooh, like my dog, allows people <laughs> who are pretty guarded to, uh, they're going to have to edit this out, but stop. Nah, keep it. Keep it in a 500th episode. Girl, it allows people who are pretty guarded usually to really 
kind of feel like they're talking on the phone or be open. And, mm-hmm. and Orman is a great drop. People don't realize the fire he could throw out there subtly without even knowing he's doing it. And I don't remember what it was. I think it was when Gorman when in 2019 or whatever, when, when they sucked or maybe 2021, I don't remember when he came on here and said, I'm not having fun watching them anymore. Right. And then the next day it was on Felger and Maz. It was on touch. Yeah. It was everywhere because Mike Gorman, the voice of the city, he, <gasps> he actually said to you guys, I was not going to come back. Do you remember? Yeah. And turned it around. It mm-hmm. was jarring to hear. As a matter of fact, Max even heard that and called Cedric Maxwell. was like, I can't believe what Mike just said on that show out loud. But that's <laughs> the nature of the show. And you guys yeah. have a great way of bringing that out in people because you just have conversations. You're just talking. You're talking hoops. And then here right. you go. I, I, Gorman that time texted me the next day and was like, what did you guys do to me? He was laughing. <laughs> what did you guys do to me? You know, because it was everywhere. And that's just the yeah. power of podcasting. It's great. It's great making content and being – us having the ability and the blessing to be able to talk about the team we love. If we better do a little bit so the fans don't kill us, Adam. I know. We'll do that. And I do laugh too constantly every time that someone will, Gorman's a good example. Like when he came on our show and talked about how, like he, he outlined how much longer he plans to do games. Mm-hmm. And then he said something similar on the radio in Boston weeks later, months later, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it was like breaking news. It's like, um, no, not, 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 not really. <laughs> He's, he mentioned this to us many a while ago. ago. He mentioned a couple things. He did a couple Kyrie. Uh, yeah, no, he did the, the Kyrie. Uh, I'm not quite sure if, if Kyrie's here long term. And then, and then that took off. And then that ended up being very, very, very true. He was right on about that. Months yeah. on, and that was around the time where Wick and Danny were just going rogue and calling into the sports hub because they didn't like what they were talking about. Yeah. Like Gorman was all up in that shit. Like that was great. Do you think, you know, you think about it, Kyrie. And I just said this the other day, I want to get on a Kyrie rant, but every team he goes to, he leaves them years, seasons set back, right? Cleveland, Boston, Brooklyn. But because of the greatness of Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens now, they, they proved the power of the franchise. Like the franchise has enough power to be able to, it's a bigger brand even than Kyrie, right? Mm-hmm. So they were able to flip the switch. Tatum and Brown really could have been polluted by that horrible two seasons. They were young enough to have had that really, you know, hurt their, their career, but they, they were, they were guided and coached by a great front office. And there's no question in my mind looking at that season to now. Jason Tatum, whomever he's working with on his interactions with the media, his charisma, his, his eye contact, Joe Mazzulla needs to work with that person because <laughs> Tatum is like a different guy than he was two years ago even. I remember the mm-hmm. game that flipped the switch. It was against San Antonio right after they got killed in New York, and he came out and he basically just said, we sucked. He wouldn't look at anybody. He wouldn't make eye contact with Abby. His mm-hmm. head was down. He was on the phone, and then all of a sudden – the next game, I don't remember which it was, when they started to turn it around, he started to show different – I'm a big body language guy. I watch all the mm-hmm. pressers no matter what, even before I watch the games. Like, I watch the pressers over the games. So I'm watching him, and what, and I'm watching the evolution. And then in the finals, he's like this charismatic, funny, engaging Celtic. Like All mm-hmm. of a sudden, I said, this guy likes to be here. Yep. I didn't know. Remember, we didn't know? 
Mm-hmm. Whoever the Celtics or himself, his camp, have put it in, a, it's usually a speech coach or a PR rep that's really helping to guide you and work with you. It's and maybe it's Tatum on his own. He just grew up over you know over the course of that losing stretch and then turning it around. But he's like a different guy now. And Joe Mazzulla needs to work with whoever Tatum's working with, so that way in the media he 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 gives the hardworking underpaid beat the information to do their job. That's it. I don't know if you guys caught uh, this a couple of days ago, but uh, Danny Ainge out in Utah now obviously did an interview with uh, Rob Perez and was you know worldwide wob for the uh, the NBA junkies and was so another you know just as we like celebrate moments in Celtics beat history. One of the other moments that and it was Max Cedric Maxwell came on and and this thing went everywhere after he said this, but he said that he would he he would trade Tatum and Brown for Anthony Davis. And this is obviously before those guys became what they are now, but they were still like the signs were there. You know, it was it was, you know, in, in a perfect storm or a perfect world could could they become what they what they ultimately did. But anyway, uh oh, so was, Danny was asked about, you know, all all the memes and all the reports and, you know, was this ever a thing? And, and so so Danny said that, you know, there was never like it was, it was it, we've heard this from Danny a thousand times. So it was it was always made up. There was never an AD thing. Uh, but what he added in, there was this is the thing. This is what, yeah. what what he added in was, you know, what nobody was talking about was we we were considering. And this was, I think, before those guys were actually drafted when they were just picks. And he's like, we did consider flipping both those picks for Jimmy Butler. And, I, uh, and, and, uh, because we've always loved Jimmy. I wish I, I still wish I drafted loves, Jimmy. Yes. He loves, uh, but, uh, it just never, you know, the ultimately the asking price was too high and he didn't, do, he didn't do it. But, um, that and, was, that, that was a nice little, uh, Celtics nugget years later from Danny Ainge that I enjoyed. Wasn't it great to hear Danny just talk about the Celtics again? I mean, don't you, like, you're, you're, you're a legacy fan and I think we all love Brad. Yeah. There was something about Danny that just was great. I think maybe his affiliation with the franchise for so long. Sure. You know, another good Cedric Maxwell one over the years on this show is when he, he dropped Kevin Garnett is the best all around. Oh. God, yeah. Back to Larry Bird, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Larry, Larry jabbed him for that. Pretty good. It got back to him. I don't think Larry was listening to the show, but it, they picked it up. Don't ruin yeah. my dream, Nick. Huh? Don't ruin my dream. Larry Bird definitely listens. Larry, to this. Larry doesn't even have internet, bro. <laughs> he's, he's a subscriber <laughs> to Celtics beat. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's a sub. But yeah, that got back. I mean, that one went crazy. I mean, it went. That one went because it's a, it's a, it's a it's a debate that triggers a lot of emotions, right? Like yeah. I don't agree with him that Kevin Garnett is the best all around Celtic ever, but there's an argument to be said the way that Max explains it, but there's no question. Larry Bird is, did you guys watch JJ Reddick two days ago with mad dog? I, no. I love the fact that they pay him to sit there and listen to Chris Russo speak about stuff. And because you can see like the pain in JJ's face. I can't stand JJ Reddick. You can't. I love uh, him. I, think oh, I like great. him a lot. I, think oh, I can't. And here's the reason why. And I get I, it's probably all the reasons why you guys love him. The arrogance. He's so arrogant. He's so d- dismissive and condescending. And Doggy's like, uh, you know, he, he's predictable. You know where he's going to go. But in that argument, he was right. How could you how could J.J. Reddick possibly say that Larry Bird was not a top five three point shooter? 
in NBA history. It's yeah, I didn't. I didn't listen to the that, argument. That, but I'll have I, to go back. I don't and agree with it. that, but I agree with his like Steph and Larry kind of have it a little differently in terms of like being. I heartedly disagree with that. Uh, I mean, Steph is the the relocation of Steph is crazy. I think that's the one thing about his game that a lot of people don't understand that Steph never stops moving. But he's not the only guy to do that. I know, but like if you track him and watch him, he's the way that that JJ was saying it was that what JJ said was Steph Larry Bird never had to deal with the physicality and the constant mugging that Steph Curry has to deal with on a regular basis. Dude, I don't think he's even watched a YouTube game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how about the most iconic Lakers-Celtics moment is James Worthy literally stripping Bird's jersey off in, in game four in 87, try, and Bird's breaking away for a three-point shot over, oh, just seven-foot-two Michael Thompson and buries it. I mean, nobody got mugged like Jordan Bird and those guys. I mean, for J.J. Redick to put that out there, and I think Doggy said back, yeah, and they got called for a foul for guarding them, for Christ's sake, about Steph, right? And I think Steph Curry is out of this world, and I think he is he is routinely mugged on, mugged on today's standards. Mm-hmm. But, like, Steph would have to shoot from 30 feet out, 40 feet out every shot because he'd, get, he'd be broken entering the paint. He'd never be able to enter inside the three-point line because he's so fragile. Injury prone. I mean, he was at one point in his career. He was injury prone. And they fixed it. Like, his ankle injuries have been. Yeah, but he's still really been out a lot. I mean, look at look at his, his, his. Yeah, recently. Yeah, but I'm talking like prime when yeah, when prime he was early on. People thought he couldn't play. They were, yeah, the he couldn't play, and then he 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 played a lot. Um, well, let me tell you. Now he's on the other side of things, and it's still like insane. But he gets a little hurt more. Yeah. Here's the thing about Steph. I have endless amounts of respect for that man. I think he's a model citizen. Meaning, like he's an ambassador of the league. He is mm-hmm. well, well, always on the right side of the comment. You know what I mean? Like he's just like, and I think the same about like LeBron for the most. He's been a great ambassador for the league. But mm-hmm. don't tell me, JJ Redick, that Larry Bird had less guarding, less coverage than Steph Curry. I mean, it's just not true. I mean, you just <laughs> haven't watched games. Like his his exact comment was. Bird never shot a, a three-point attempt with anyone within five feet of him. That's just well, fucking that's arrogant. Insane. I don't that's care. Insane. I'm going to drop fuck on this show. I know it's a family <laughs> show, but that's, that's arrogant, insane. and it's really stupid. It's a stupid that's comment. I hate We've uh, we've only got a couple minutes left. I, I do want to uh, mention what is going on tonight, All-Star Saturday night. The three-point con- contest will be a hell of a lot more interesting than the slam dunk competition. You've got some names in the three-point contest. Obviously, Jason Tatum will be part of it. Uh, you also have uh, Laurie Markkinen, Anthony Simons, Damian Lillard, Buddy Heald, Tyler Hero, Tyrese Halliburton, and Kevin Herter. Uh, I assume we all believe Jason Tatum is going to win because we're biased? I'm asking you. I think you know Tatum's streaky. He's streaky, so you know. Yeah. You know he could go on a run, but I I got Buddy healed. I think. Herder. Herder. All right, I'll I'll take Tatum. I'll I'll be the loyalist here. Hey, the slam dunk comp- contest, like, but my God, I mean, I I think I saw on Twitter earlier that it's Michael Jordan's 60th birthday. So maybe instead of watching the slam dunk contest, I'll just throw on Jordan and Nick highlights from back in the day. Trey Trey Murphy, Kenyon Martin. Jericho Sims and somebody named Mac McClung are somebody. going to be part of 
are, are, are how going do you to be... know Coffin has not watched college basketball in a long time? He doesn't know. <laughs> Nor have I, because I have no clue. Either. <laughs> are, are going to be part of the slam dunk competition. You know yeah. what's funny? Who would have ever thought going back to when we were kids? I mean, you lined you. It was must see TV. The slam dunk contest. Oh, it was the all, best. It was the best. And while Bird was winning three point contest, JJ Redick three years in a row, it was almost second line story to the, to the dunk contest. Now today, the dunk contest is a warm up to the three point contest. Like what happened to this world? It's just flipped upside down. I'm I'm not even kidding. Like I hear these four names. Who are they? And and I think like Trey Murphy and Kenyon Martin, well, Trey Murphy, the third and Kenyon Martin jr. To me, it's, it's like fraternity legacies. Are 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 that's that's what I think of when I hear these two names. I'm, and Trey Murphy can get up. Trey Murphy's actually a really fun dunker, and I'm that's the only guy I'm relatively excited about is Trey. Jer- Jericho Sims might be a wrestler, and then Max yeah, McClung. Like Jericho Sims sounds like a wrestler. <laughs> I, I'll agree with that. And then and, and then Mac McClung <laughs> is straight out of a porn star. He might be straight <laughs> out straight out of a video game. He's not even a real person. Yeah, that's not a Ken Griffey Jr. baseball. Mac. McClung. Yeah, that's that's like when you when you your franchise mode is like three years later and it's just straight up making up names of guys that you can draft mac mcclung is available for your rosters to go you know what they are they're like the game remember video games like when nintendo first came out they would put the players and the jerseys no team names they put the jersey numbers of the great players in the league but they'd be called like miko mickey jackson instead of michael jordan right because they couldn't use their names yeah or like Glass Joe in tight Mike Tyson's Punch Out, right? You know, uh, but I, uh, I, I think that the, the the dunk contest is it to me. I think it's the lack of participation from anybody who has any name, like that right, right. there. Right. But it's right. also how many times could you do the same dunks? Yeah. People today who hear that uh, that Blake Griffin jumped over a Kia, kids today be like, "Who? But how did he do that? Because he can't jump over a piece of paper now." But I mean, those were exciting things. You know what I mean? Like he he dunked over a car. You know, yeah, but it was it was a Kia. It yeah, was it was a Kia. The hood, still advertising with Kia. He got a great yeah. deal out of that man. That yeah. endorsement deals lasted. I mean, I, like, believe me, I'm I'm not sitting here saying I could do it. I, like I I I my my hops are Blake Griffin's hops today. But you know, his uh, in fact, probably still not even that good, quite frankly. But you know, jumping over the hood of a Kia. Isn't uh, I, I think we've maybe overhyped that dunk a overhyped little bit. Overhyped it, but in, I'm in the history of the slam dunk creativity. But there was creativity, right? I mean, sure. D. Brown covering his eyes. We all know his eyes were open, but there was creativity, you know. Yeah, I mean, he pumped up the Reeboks first. He pumped up the. I mean, exactly, man. We all had those sneakers after showmanship. That. That's all I want. That's all I, it look, was. maybe maybe these four guys are going to go out tonight and put on the best slam dunk competition we've ever seen. Probably maybe. not, but I'd love to see it. I my prediction is by Monday, uh, the the talking heads will all be saying, "Why do we even have a dunk contest?" That's what they're all going to be saying. Be doing that by the end of the night. All right, before we go, and we do have to go, uh, we enter the All Star break with the Celtics first in the NBA, not just the East, the NBA. Half game up on Milwaukee. I think they've got a game up on uh, Denver. If you want to look at the Western Conference, but uh, our our, I mean, is this without? Going into the nitty gritty because we can do that in the next show when we're, you know, coming out of the break or go, you know, going into the second half or however we time the next show next week, mm-hmm. but just sort of the, the 10,000 foot view. Are we setting up for banner 18? We had Eddie house on the show last week and he believes we are. 
I believe so too. I, I really do. I think, well, the East is wide open other than Milwaukee. And I think they've proven they could beat Milwaukee. Don't bring up Middleton. We know he's the Celtic killer, but they'll figure it out. Right. I, I think they're the better team ultimately. And then when you get to the West, like, okay, Phoenix is new. That's kind of volatile. You know, I think they that'd be a great series, a throwback to 76, one of the greatest series of all time. Mm. But I think the Celtics win that series because Chris Paul is not the player he was. You know, Booker is great, but he's inconsistent at times. And KD, well, KD's just, but we'd be beaten KD already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With Kyrie. So I, I think it could be, but but, but the the intangible or the, the, the thing that kind of, is out there where you don't is well number one can tatum consistently i hate to say this because i know he could can tatum consistently perform on the final stage the big stage i believe he can i believe he was worn down last year i think the defenses that uh, golden state was thrown at him he's not very good when people blitz him you know and he's for and he just dribbles a lot then so i think he'll figure it out they're the best team in the NBA, not because they have the best record, but because of the best team in the NBA. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think if you were to look at it, the only teams I'm scared of, if you're Boston, Milwaukee, Illinois. Denver, Golden State. I am not afraid of Denver. I am afraid of Golden State. That's it. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I just think it's only fitting. Five-year anniversary of me doing this show, 10-year anniversary of this show, Banner 18, big parade celebration that we can have video content from let's go we'll get a float we'll get let's, a float on the, the parade route we'll have a duck boat we'll have a, we'll have a clns duck boat for the 36 celtics podcast we'll all hop on yes it'll be perfect it'll be Thanks, great guys, right, guys having me here i mean uh, first of all i haven't been a guest on this show in about five four years three years maybe five years i don't know i don't do guests that often anymore but have, coming on this show when you asked me i got tears in my eyes adam because it's it is my heart and soul, these original programs. And this one in particular and the Garden Report will always be kind of like the legacy pods of the network, right? The founding pods of the network. And so it warms my heart to come on and, t- and thank you to 10 years worth of fans, 500 episodes. Haven't mm-hmm. missed a beat audience-wise. I mean, it's really grown with video. And, you know, when you look at what are the go-to credible podcasts that are independent you know, with their John Corrales with Locked On and this show right here. And I, I think that that's really good company to be alongside Corrales, you guys, Corrales. And that's really it in the Celtic space. There's a lot of other ones, but these are the ones that have been around and that consistently are at the top of the charts and consistently put out an amazing product. And I'm proud to be affiliated with both of you guys. Honest to God, you have taken the reins and done more with it than I ever could have imagined or I ever could have done. So kudos to you. Well, we appreciate that. And as Nick said, we appreciate all of you out there for listening, watching, regularly being part of it, interacting. Uh, don't stop now because we got big plans coming up over the course of the rest of this season that we are not going to spoil in this moment because we'd hate for them to fall through. But we believe we have good things in store in uh, both the short and long term of what is left in the regular season. Seas get back to work on Thursday after the break. But first, Jason Tatum in the three-point contest and starting the All-Star game. So enjoy All-Star weekend, everybody. For Evan, for Nick, I am Adam. Rate, review, subscribe. Always tell you that way too late in the program when you've probably already tuned out. We'll see you later. Bye.